Welcome back to episode two of Feeling Upwards Forever. Um, before we get into the podcast, we just want to say thank you so much to all of you who've reached out to us, congratulated us, um, given us feedback and ways to improve. We really appreciate it. And from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. We thought we would do a little, something a little bit different this time around. We thought we would give a quick introduction of what the podcast is going to be about the podcast episode, I mean. Um, and so this time around, we talk a little bit about um, the technical difficulties that we had as well as our um, new direction with the podcast. We also talk about first year medical school, um, why it was so tough for both myself and Tina. Um, and we touch a little bit about um, this idea of happiness and the support we've received um, in medical school. So without further ado, here's episode two. Nah, screw it, I'm not going to sing this. Welcome to Failing Upwards Forever. An hour in and we're finally ready to record. Welcome everyone to uh, the second episode of Failing Upwards Forever. Azim, why don't you tell everyone what we spent the past hour doing? We spent the f- past hour feeling upwards. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. It's really hard to record with two mics. It's really hard to record with two mics. And we're not at the level of like Logan Paul and who are the other like oh, big. I'm glad I'm on. I'm not on his level. I don't want to. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's not canceled anymore. What? Yeah, he's not. What do you mean? You can't just uncancel someone. No, he's not. Like, I know he he messed up in the past, but, you know, he's had a revitalization of his career. And apparently he's, you know, a really good guy now. Not in my books. No, no. His his brother, Jake Paul, on the other hand. Do you not keep up with YouTube drama, Tina? What do you do in your free time? The last time I heard of him, he was, like, confronting one of my favorite YouTubers, Cody Ko, about something. That was Jake Paul. Yeah, that was Jake Paul. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jake I don't know Paul, about Logan Paul. Jake Paul is still canceled. He does a lot of, like boxing or whatever yeah but now he's like a big like pokemon card collector and he also appeared on have you heard of wrestlemania no it's like the wwe it's like the the nba finals basically but in the wwe which is fake wrestling but he appeared in uh, he appeared on that and like he won his first match and so he's doing very well for himself and he also did he also collaborated to make a new drink um and he also got one of the people the deep sprue though Dude, that drink tastes so bad. <laughs> yeah, it tastes it tastes so bad. I will say the best drink at Tim Hortons if you want to go something cold. You know, hazelnut cold brew. Mm-hmm. But then the hot drink, steep tea. Yeah. Steep tea is so good. You're just the biggest Tim Hortons fan I, I've ever met in my life, I think. I, I think well, here's the thing. There's three things that qual- quantify like a good you know, when people ask me like what your favorite food is, it's yeah. like, there's gotta be three things, right? It has to be reliable. It does. Okay. It has to be cheap uh-huh. um, and has to be readily available. But the best food, Tina, what's your favorite like fast food or f- favorite food in general? Oh, I really like pho. Pho? As a Vancouver raised person. Is it pronounced? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Pho, yeah. It's pho, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pho is really good. Really, like on really a cold, yeah. on a cold day. Yeah. I really, I really mess with. I love to like eat the noodles and then go fishing in the soup for like remaining little noodles or 
vegetables and things like that. it's one of my favorite games yeah what about you that's so depressing <laughs> it brings me much comfort that's yeah. so depressing uh okay mcdonald's um the, really no no just wait hey what do we talk about the criteria for favorite foods right it has to be cheap yes reliable yes and taste good readily available readily so it doesn't even have to taste good no that's part of the reliability <laughs> test okay like consistency and okay. I, guess, I guess reliability and that that goes by the whole reliability and yeah, anyways yeah. um i'm just defining my reliability the way i want to define it but true scientist the junior chicken yeah. okay from mcdonald's yeah substitute the habanero spicy sauce for the for the regular like mayo uh-huh. game changer bro I do like the junior chicken. I think everyone likes a junior chicken. But hey, I'm just telling you, that spicy thing elevates it. Yeah, that's good. $9. Can't beat that. No. And you know what else I really enjoy? What? Costco hot dogs. Dude, talk about reliability. Yes. With inflation just hasn't changed. Yes, like he refuses. He refuses to increase I the respect price. this. I it. respect that so much. Inflation has nothing. I respect that so much. Like, you a buck fifty. You get a hot dog. You get a drink, and you're 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 vibing. Yeah. Like, what else do you want in life? You got. I'm just saying. It's truly an amazing. It's experience. oh man. I love. Costco. You know what? You know that's gonna rival McChicken in my opinion. The the Junior Chicken in my opinion. That might that might actually be my number one. That, that price. Talk about reliability. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, hey. Well, we've just gone on the biggest tangent ever, <laughs> just to say that we were having a lot of tech issues before this. <laughs> Anyways. What are we talking about today? So today we're talking about our first year of medical school mm. and how that went. Um, everything to do with it, really, because we've just finished it. Yeah. And we thought it would be nice to reflect on it. Yeah. Um, I also want to say, Tina, do you mind just sharing the future direction of this podcast as well? Because we talked a little bit about that before we get into, or should we say that for the end? You can edit this out. Sorry. <laughs> no, we can talk about that. Yeah. So. I think in our last episode, we said that this is a podcast where we talk about failures, Mm -hmm. where we share our experiences from medical school, where we talk about current events. Mm -hmm. So we were thinking about what kinds of episodes we want to have in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're thinking we'd love to have some guests on the podcast to kind of interview them about their failures and their successes, whether they're in medicine or not. Um, So that you can look forward to that. And if you guys have any recommendations about who you want on um please let us know please let us know because you probably have our information but <laughs> we do have an email we do have an email feeling upwards forever at gmail.com that was feeling upwards forever pod yes <laughs> you can edit this out <laughs> try again Listen, everyone make sure <laughs> try again feeling upwards forever pod at gmail.com correct and if you guys are really interested just dm our instagram yeah if you want to be a guest on the podcast or if you have questions or because you just we, want to tell yeah. us or you want to slide into zoom's dms uh <laughs> at feeling forever upwards pod or uh at our instagram i think our instagram it's feeling upwards forever, upwards forever pod yes. you said feeling forever upwards <laughs> <laughs> we're not okay today <laughs> But yeah, that's a little bit about what we're going to do in the future. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No, no. We're going to have guests. guests And um, we're going to also talk about some current events. When that happens, we're not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can also, you know, we were were talking about this. Um, I think we might do like an MMI as as well as like a A special episode. Special episodes about MMIs and like helpful tips that we learned during application process. Um, For those of you who are interested, because... 
you know, we also failed multiple times to try to get in. And so I love thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that'll also be released. I think the application thing will be released sometime around August, um, hopefully, because that's when our applications typically are. An episode on applications. Yeah. 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 The MMI one will be in December, January. So look forward to that. Cool. Right. So back to our topic of first year medical school. So I'm just going to ask you just briefly, how would you describe how it went? What's the TLDR? What's the TLDR? Uh, literally the title of this podcast. I was failing, but I was failing upwards. <laughs> it was rough. It was tough. But I think looking back, it was a positive experience. And I think part of that is, you know, there's this do a, with, with a lot of things. So like Tina and I would just ran to each other every single day. More like once a week. Once a week kind yeah. of thing. Um, but we had some stories because uh, we had, it was a pretty big transition for us. Yeah moving to a new city and for, for the both of us yeah. man and there's a there's a lot of content yeah there's an absurd amount of content and I don't know if you know it literally like the week is over and I feel like I've learned nothing the midterm's over and it feels like I've absorbed nothing the only thing I remember from the end of first year is that NSAIDs are bad <laughs> yeah before when I asked you what you learned in first year, that's literally what I, I that's all I said. But then because of you, I now know that we diagnose diabetes when there's an H H what A one C of six point five and then six point one, six point five, and then a blood glucose of seven. That's all I know. That's all I know. You knew that before too, but you just forgot. Yes. So I so I learned nothing. That's not true. You learn. I think you learned a lot of things, but it's hard to recall them freely. Free, free recall is free, hard. Oh my, it is. But I think if we started talking about it, you'd remember all the things. I, I certainly hope so. Because yeah. I don't think <laughs> we could start talking about some weird stuff right now, like congestive heart failure and whatever. And I'd be like, yeah. I just know, like, what what is, I don't even know what congestive heart failure is. <laughs> yes, sir. I trust that you do. Uh, Tina, I think you have a little bit too much trust in me. <laughs> but yeah, it's it was, it was, a, it was a learning experience, but it was good. It's a learning experience where you didn't learn anything. <laughs> feeling upwards forever what about you yeah I think it was challenging but it's like I'm glad it happened you know it's not the kind of challenging where you're like oh I wish I could forget it and you you sound like you're talking about like a really bad breakup or something (laughs) (laughs) you know I it was rough but I'm really glad it happened like I learned so much from this experience you you only have one first year of medical school and so you want to take at least some good memories away from it and I think I did have good memories too but it was hard I think the content was hard it was a lot compared to undergrad to take in you you literally sound like you're talking about a really like a relation it was really tough while I was in the moment but you know looking back I learned a lot from it I did yeah and maybe we should all strive to learn from our relationships Maybe, them. maybe we should maybe we yeah, should maybe we should have an episode that's a great idea that's a great idea um but with with i think medical school um i think it's reasonable to say that it's a lot of commitment like it's a very long commitment it's lifelong commitment like almost marriage, really. Like it's really, we're just we're just <laughs> Is that med school is like a, a relationship. Med- medicine, medicine is marriage. You know what's funny? MIM. 
that's right medicine is married wow you know what i think so i am seeing a lot of this might sound a little off topic but Are you gonna, I'll, i thought you're gonna say i'm point. seeing a lot of people right now <laughs> that's what you're gonna say. no i'm not you that's <laughs> what, what do you mean okay i'm seeing a lot of people our age getting aged he <laughs> mm. <laughs> just tried on his dream it's true right yes a lot of people are our age, like people from our high school are getting engaged yeah. um, to be married, having babies. And yeah. that really freaks me out a lot because I feel like I'm still 19. Yeah. Even though I'm not. Yeah. Right. Um, and I always just say, how can someone make such a lifelong commitment at this age? Yet here we are. And then I remember that I'm in medical school. Here we and I'm are. thinking, okay, maybe I'm a hypocrite. And not even, what's, what's even funnier is that we made, like, you made this commitment a lot longer, like, yeah. a lot longer yeah. ago. Like, just a 16-year-old teen. I mean, a doctor, you know? Um, that's scary to think about. Does it ever freak you out? Like, what if, you know, when people, say, you know, when people, while we're on this relationship analogy, like, yeah. some people don't get into, like, the most successful relationships until a lot later in yeah. life, when they're a lot more aware of who they are as people. Yes right and that's when they are ready to make that because that's when their brains are fully developed and things like that we made this commitment like yeah yeah we were really stupid and we are still stupid but we were more stupid a long time ago (laughs) so are we even making the right decision that's scary right yeah but i think it's good to reflect on that yeah too yeah but you're right i think just the whole concept that at 18 we tell kids who are mm-hmm. not even adults yet that they have to figure out what they want to do for the rest of their life mm-hmm. is not the best system and that's not the best system it. yeah which is i think why a lot of people end up changing their major or like changing careers which is completely fine too yeah there's a stat like people end up changing careers like three or four times during yeah. the course of their life and I'm, sur- I'm not surprised yeah because we don't know anything at 18 I still don't. Maybe in 10 years, I, we won't be talking. Bro, I've learned like H1C and that's, I've learned three things and all. No, no. You are, you are under. Undervaluing myself? Yeah, understating how myself. much you've learned. Mm. I think you are on your way to becoming a great doctor. And I think you learned a lot in first year. Wow, Tina. Thank you so You're much. Awesome. It's the second nicest thing you've ever said to me. What was the first? That uh, I'm a good friend. When did I say that? Oh, you're right. <laughs> now that I think about it, maybe this maybe is the first thing. Maybe this is the first thing you said. No, no, you are a good friend. Okay, so why was it so challenging for you? Maybe like give me three reasons why it was challenging. The move, I think, was tough. Okay, let's get into that. Um, how is living in Kelowna, which is where you go to med school mm-hmm. and the Southern Medical Program? Shout out to SMP. SMP. <laughs> how is it different from Vancouver? So there's, there's a lot of positives that come from Kelowna. There's also a lot of like things that I, I miss about Vancouver. I think one of the big positives is like, I can get from one side of the Kelowna to the other side in 15 minutes with your car, with yeah. my car. Like it is just so convenient. Mm-hmm. The city's super small. I live like a five minute walk from the water. Oh, wow. Is that amazing? That's really I haven't taken advantage of it too much, which I, which I think is one of my goals like for next year. Um, from the water, like I can walk to the, to the pier. Um, from like down to like downtown Kelowna and like I can run I can run a lot it's a beautiful run it's a beautiful walk as well um, and so that's something I've never like obviously Vancouver has a lot of water and stuff but that's something I never but we live in Coquitlam, we live in Coquitlam so. which is super far away yeah. right um, so that's I think one big advantage the second big advantage of Kelowna that I really enjoyed is the classes are super small there's 30 people in my class yes. And I think you can get really close to 30 people. And I think there's just, you know, I know everyone in my class, which I think is amazing. 
I have really good relationships with my professors, um, with my, you know, with my um, teaching assistants and things like that. Like I feel comfortable approaching every single one of my teacher. Well, I think we should talk about how much of an extrovert you are sometimes. I know you say you're an introvert, right? But you have no problems really like approaching people, talking to them. That's something I actually really admire about you. Oh. I don't think you get too shy around like other people. Like you're very, you will approach people and talk to them like your professors. You'll even make jokes with them. And I, I, I admire that. I wish I could be more like that. I think it depends on the situation. Yeah. But, you know, I think being around people that bring out the best in me, mm-hmm. get that side of me, which you do quite, quite often. Um, but sometimes when I'm in a new environment, when I'm in a tough situation, a situation that I'm just not familiar with, yeah. it can be difficult for me to bring that side out of myself. Yeah. And I think in Kelowna, um, that side didn't come out too often. Oh, so you didn't talk to that man? I mean, I try to, I try to, but you know, I just felt just different. I don't know how to describe it. And I think part of that is because moving to a new city, you know, away from family, away from people I'm familiar with. Yeah. Um, and I think when you go through such a big change in such a small amount of time, and I, and I honestly thought that I was, I would be able to handle that change, but I think it was difficult. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess I didn't realize the benefits of living close to people, you know, and living close to family. Yeah. And I think these feelings are almost exacerbated when you're, in a situation that's very high stress yeah but do you think because your class was only 30 people it was like a little bit easier for you to get to know them then like I so think it's hard but still manageable kind of thing to an extent sure um because I talked to some of the Vancouver people and like they don't know people like we have a, a class called case-based learning so every morning Monday Wednesday Friday 8 a.m we wake up and we discuss different yeah. cases in Alberta, it's called PBL, problem-based learning. No, oh, what is <laughs> it's it discovery learning. Discovery yeah, learning. Yeah. It's so funny. It's the same thing, though, but at it's, every school, but it just has it's different, different names. names. Yeah. Um, and so I knew everyone in my CBL classes. I knew everyone who came to class. There was not a single person. I looked around my room. There was not a single person I did not know. And Which is nice. Which is super nice. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some sometimes it was tough because... You know, you, you miss home, you miss that familiarity, you miss some of the people. Um, and so some days, you know, some days were definitely hard. Some days were definitely hard. And, and I think that's just something that I've, you know, I went through this past year and I've grown from it. Um, and it's something I'm actually quite looking forward to next year, like how my mindset's changed and things Me like that. Too. Right? Yeah. Right? There's I a little bit of excitement. Huge nerds and we, because really, <laughs> we haven't been in school for like two months now. Which kind of feels like a long time when yeah. you are in school for so long and then we have a four-month break. Yeah. It's kind of like, what do I do with myself? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So no, I'm kind of excited too. I know I'm nice to say. I, yeah, because I yeah, because I, I know you know, you love to study. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm study. completely fine with just playing Assassin's Creed all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I don't have anything to do, I get kind of yeah. Useless. Yeah. yeah. I can see that as your leg is like shaking as you're talking. I'm the biggest leg bouncer. I can see that. <laughs> like I can feel the chair moving because you're just. Anyone who knows me. Yeah, now I I know. I've I've told you before. I was just like, you know, why is your leg shaking so much? Something I like to call anxiety. Mm. <laughs> We're both very familiar. Yep, with anxiety. both very familiar with it. So okay, so you talked about Kelowna. Talked so about Kelowna. So you said that the environment is like nice. you said a lot of positive things I, yeah Kelowna's super nice like, I just think to living in Kelowna versus Vancouver? 
and it's okay if there's not i'm just wondering you know honestly like i think of them i think one of the biggest drawbacks is like family family yeah but i, I also think that i walked i came into Kelowna with not the best mindset i came into Kelowna thinking like oh this is gonna be because Kelowna was my first choice in medical school right your third choice. it was my third choice yeah. but i was super fortunate to get in because i got in a couple of days before yes. um and i think when i went in you know i just i had a perception that it wouldn't be as good as if i had got into vancouver yes. talk about ungrateful <laughs> well i mean it wasn't your first choice mm-hmm. so that's understandable that you would be a little bit disappointed and maybe not have the highest expectations for it because you also have no idea what to yeah. expect really but I think I walked into that situation with a very negative outlook. Mm, yeah. And I think when you have a negative mindset, like we talked about, you know, this idea of, you know, thoughts, you know, influencing behaviors, yeah. cognitive-based learning, yeah. you know. So it's like a prophecy, you're kind of making it. Self-fulfilling, pro- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so I think that was a really bad thing that I did. And I wish I, you know, had walked in with a more positive mindset. And that's something I'm, you know, looking forward to actually next year because I'm actually really excited to go back. I'm excited to become a little bit more involved with the community. I'm really excited to join a few new clubs. Um, and as he's saying this, he actually has a smile on oh his my face, Gina. which is so nice to see. Do you know what do you mean? You've seen my smile before? Not when you're talking about school. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> school can be tough. Yeah. Um, that's really positive. Though. Yeah, I'm really excited, honestly, and I think you know the next couple of years I think will be very good. So I'm, I'm actually really excited to take advantage of this, this opportunity. And so shout out to Kelowna. I'm really excited. So I still have to come visit you there. I've never been to Kelowna. Yeah, you, you need to, we got to explore the wineries. Um, we oh, have, did you go? no, <laughs> not yet. I know. Like, Talk about not taking advantage. Yeah. Huh? I, I literally only went to like the beach in Kelowna yeah. in like April when this semester was already over. Um, I didn't join as many, you know, I'm, but yeah, there's a lot of things that I, you know, I, I'm going to explore next year in Kelowna, which I'm really excited for. That's really exciting. Yeah. Do you feel like a part of you was kind of like in denial about like being in Kelowna? Because, you know, I remember you would come back to Vancouver a lot because it's yeah. like a short kind of drive or mm-hmm. like short coming to like Edmonton, which is like 12 yeah. hours, right? I remember you'd fly back a lot. You'd come back a lot. Do you feel like a part of you was like, oh, I can kind of pretend like I'm still in Vancouver yeah. while being at Vancouver. I think I had my foot. Um, like one foot here yeah and I think that didn't allow me to fully establish myself there Mm -hmm. because I think if you're going to do medicine you got to go all in Mm -hmm. you can't have in terms of at least for me at least for me like in that moment I had to commit myself a little bit more than I did but you probably didn't really recognize I didn't recognize it I hate feeling upwards but that's hindsight right hindsight's always a little bit you know Mm 2020 but in the moment you may not realize things that's it's all a learning process and like your plans to make more connections, mm-hmm. to like be more involved, I think then you probably won't want to come back as much either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing that I kind of want to talk about was this idea of imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> a huge topic. It's a huge topic. School, especially it's just, first year. And I, and I think, you know, we learned about this. And it's super weird to, you know, learn things when you're studying for the MCAT or studying, like, studying things yeah. in school. And then you're being like, yo, I have this, bro. Because I remember there was this one thing. It was like the Cooley's looking glass theory. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> it's like you you perceive yourselves as how you think others perceive you. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. And so when you mentioned like this idea of, you know, I'm super outgoing or extroverted or whatever. Yeah. 
and I, you know, said it's really on certain people. That's because I feel like those certain people perceive me as like a positive person. Yeah, yeah. But then when you feel like, you know, you're not the smartest person in the room that, you know, you don't have a lot to offer that people look at you like, for lack of better terms, as you know, you're, you're, you're stupid. Yeah. It can be really hard to say things in class. It can be really hard to approach professors because you're always on edge. Like, what if this guy just thinks I'm not the smartest person, yeah. you know? And I think, I think that was actually probably my biggest struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, that lack of self-confidence. And yeah. Like everyone else is kind of smarter than you. And, you so know, prevalent because everyone is insanely smart. And I always thought I was a smart person. School. Like, yeah. I'll be real. Like, I always thought that, you know, in middle school, high school, like, I always consider myself an intelligent person. Yeah. Even in university, I was like, you know, I'm a smart dude. And you got a six in math, so <laughs> and, I mean, so. and a seven and something. Well, you did well. You did well. Yeah, yeah, but then you hit um you hit university. uh university and yeah. then you hit medical school and you're like, wow, there's a lot of smart people. And I don't think that you know I'm absorbing information as fast as them, or I say things that might not be the net most correct answer. And yeah um you're just like why did I you know why do I think the way I do why do I come with the wrong answer sometimes why can't I answer things and it it really affects your self-confidence and I try to maintain a positive attitude towards it you know it's all about learning and things like that but sometimes sometimes it gets a little bit tough yeah imposter syndrome is hard yeah you know what's funny what is it called when you think that you're not even good enough to have imposter syndrome. You know what I'm talking about? Because imposter syndrome is when it's like someone is smart and qualified, but they don't think that they are, right? Yeah. But what if you don't even think that you deserve to feel imposter syndrome? You know what I mean? That's like that's what a lot of people struggle with too. Imposter section. Me? No. I'm not the imposter. I'm actually not smart. Imposter within the imposter. Like yeah. Yeah, I think definitely that impacted me too. And I think probably impacts almost every first year medical student to varying degrees, depending on your background and how much experience you have coming in. Mm -hmm. One thing I was grateful for is like at Alberta, our faculty was like on top of it. Like they knew that this was what was going on with us. So what they say to you guys? So we have an office of advocacy and well-being Mm. and they would have like sessions, like it's funny, mandatory wellness sessions, right? That we had to be at. And they would talk about it and they'd say, listen, we know this is exactly what you're feeling. We know you think that everyone else is like better than you, but they did such a good job of normalizing the feeling. They were like, this is going to happen. Even if you don't feel it yet, you probably will. And just know that it's not true and that you do deserve to be here. Mm -hmm. There is a reason why you're here. Um, And they also said, you just have to pass. (laughs) They said that so much because I think they know that students struggle with making the transition from university where their grades really matter to med school where all you have to do is pass Mm -hmm. and it can be really empowering for like a faculty person to tell you all you have to do is pass and it doesn't really matter whether the person next to you gets a higher mark than you Mm -hmm. and that really took a lot of the pressure off too so I felt very like like cozy comfy kind of supported by the faculty which is pretty rare I think in academia to have that kind of support and we talked about this last time we did about how much support our faculties gave us so I think they really like they know that this was an issue and they talk to us about it it still doesn't completely erase it either yeah I've definitely still had moments where I'm like man like why am I not getting this like everyone else every time every time yeah but then you also remember there's things that you do well too and you have your own strengths strengths Mm -hmm. I agree um I think one of the big things that kind of helped me with that mindset because it is a negative mindset is like I I you know got a lot of um 
I reached, I did reach out to student affairs, which yeah. is like the equivalent, I think, of what you yeah. guys have. Um, and they were really kind enough to put me into contact with, because I think part of that was a little bit of, you know, anxiety. Yeah. Um, and they put me into contact with like a great psychiatrist. And I also got, you know, access to a good, you know, a really good counselor and psychologist as well. And, you know, we worked through a lot of things um, uh, in the summer, but also um, a lot of the doctors that I talked to, you know, they were like in our classes, they were just so open. They were like, yeah, I sucked at multiple choice exams. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's and, so nice to yeah. someone in their position like, yeah. tell you about yeah. times when they fail. Oh, right? yeah. 1,000%. Which is, I would probably want to have guests on the podcast. 1,000%. Like, really amazing people. Yeah. Because you don't see like what they've gone through and the challenges that they've had, right? Yeah. You just see their accomplishments. Yeah. Right? No, I agree. And, and, um, with these guys, it would just be like, yeah, like I would get a, you know, I got a 60 or a 70 and that was just all I could get. But then when I came to my clerkship years, I was acing that. But also like these guys are people you look up to in the professions, like pediatricians, anesthesiologists, they would, they would be like, yeah, like I got a 70 and that's, it is what it is, you know, and they would just be super chill about it. And, but, and so when you have these professionals being like, yeah, I got a 70 or I got a 60 and I was like, whatever it is, what it is. It just makes you feel better about yourself. You're like, oh yeah, you know what? If these guys are super well-versed in their fields and are doing absolutely fine for themselves and are great doctors yeah. and I got a 60, whatever, it is what it is. The power of mentorship is so it's strong. Huge. Like, it's huge. Yeah. In my experience, just, yeah. Same thing as you, like talking to doctors, asking them about their medical school experience and yeah. them telling you their ups and downs. Yeah. I remember one doctor, she told me, she's like, She's like, oh, I'm kind of jealous of you because you're in the stage right now where you can do anything. Like mm-hmm. you, you are so, there's so many options for you. And she's like, you're never really going to have that again. Like, right. Now. We're the most undifferentiated that it gets right now. Wow. Right? Stem cells? <laughs> to the undifferentiated med student podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're big fans. But yeah. But yeah. And so. So yeah, it's like, they can help frame your experience and make you realize that yeah you're going through a really special time that you're not gonna like ever go through again yeah which is really helpful I also remember when I got into Alberta med school your um like your cousin's husband yes that was there and you connected me with him yeah and we were talking and he was first of all like congratulations on mm-hmm. getting into medical school he's like listen you have to enjoy this because you're not gonna feel this type of joy again until you match and that was <laughs> something I didn't think about at the time and I'm like wow you're right this is a very fleeting moment such so a I'm yeah enjoy this all I can take it in yeah and and I think that just that just goes to say like you know if you know there is something you're struggling with whether it's in med school or outside I think another great source of support for that is like your fellow med students, like mm-hmm. speaking to them about that too. Yeah. Um, I think I was pretty lucky to make really good friends in, in Alberta mm-hmm. this year. You know, if you're listening, you know you are. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we would share with each other, like, oh my God, like I feel like I'm not going to do well in this block, or like, oh, I'm really struggling with this, or like, oh, the people in my DL are so smart and they always have so much to say, and I really don't. And that makes me feel nervous and they would kind of just reflect all those feelings back and you'd be like wait a second I'm not the only one that feels like this yeah so maybe I shouldn't be so hard on myself and also they'd be so sweet and be like oh but you're so smart and like this and that and like oh you helped me with this section so like you know this isn't the only like thing that is important like maybe you struggle in this area but oh you actually do well in this area I think just like when you talk to other people Mm -hmm. they point out things that you don't even remember that's true usually positive things that's true which is so nice when someone gives you a compliment and you're like wait a second what I totally don't see myself like this yeah it's so nice that 
you first of all see me like this and are nice enough to tell me about it. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I agree. Having a supportive, you know, group, yeah. super important in med school. You need that. And I think these are because you're also going through the same process as well. So that shared camaraderie, I think, really builds a tight group of friends. Yeah. Me and my all my homies have anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> But then that's nice too, because you don't feel alone in that. Yeah. Yeah. What um what are your three big takeaways? Yeah, so I moved to Edmonton. So my family did like a little road trip for me mm-hmm. and they like moved all my stuff in. And then when they left, I cried because I was like, oh my gosh, this is a new chapter in my life. I'd never lived in dorms before. I'd never lived like without my family. Yeah. So that was a big thing going from that to living alone Yeah. was interesting. I remember in the first few weeks, I cooked so much. I would like send you pictures of the things that I- You would only cook pasta. Okay, so that was <laughs> later on, but- in the beginning, I cooked like a bunch of like different stuff that I saw on TikTok, obviously. Um, but I was having like a lot of fun because. Um, Wait, did you cook the Gigi Hadid pasta? No. I, I sent you that like three or four times and I told you to cook it. Well, I didn't. Bro. <laughs> Wait, what, what? What is that? Oh, let me tell Let me put you on this. It's so so good. So it puts in tomato paste, right. put some heavy cream or coke. I, I use coconut milk because it was a little bit lighter. Yeah. Chop some onions in yeah. that. Um, and then. You that just mix, good. oh, super good. Chop some garlic as well, mix it all in and you have your sauce, right? Yeah. With the tomato paste and things like that. Um, obviously you add some salt. Um, you would boil your pasta noodles and then put that inside the sauce, mix it up, had a really beautiful rose color. Then you put like red chili flakes as well within the sauce. Super wow. good. And then um, chop some, that's the only thing I learned how to cook in Kelowna. <laughs> Besides, besides getting those like chickens from like Costco, Costco <laughs> and yeah. just putting them all in the oven and being yeah. like, all right, that's it. That's Towards the end, that was on meal yeah. prep. Just frozen vegetables. <laughs> well, for everyone listening, you know what you're making for dinner tonight. Yeah, yeah. Pasta. yeah. I think the thing is, I like white sauce more than red sauce. Yeah. So in the first couple of weeks, I was like, oh my gosh, freedom. Because I didn't really yeah. cook at home. I felt like that was like, my mom's area and if I like came in there she would get mad at me for like making things dirty and stuff like that so I usually didn't cook too much at home but so just having the freedom to like make a mess in my kitchen and not have anybody like be concerned about that be able to like clean things at my own pace that was really good for me um in the first few weeks and then like school started and things got really busy I'd say overall first term was okay because um we weren't like going online a lot then because in the past year so COVID was still happening but it wasn't like a huge thing so we still had classes in person just having that routine of being able to go to class and then come home I think it really helped in terms of like loneliness mm-hmm. right because that was something I struggled with in the second term when we had to go online um, so especially during one of our really hard blocks which was cardiology for me anyway it was it was a hard block and then I was home all day and then and mm-hmm. we've all had Zoom burnout, oh, right? Yes. Zoom fatigue. It's just so hard to be sitting at your laptop and like not interacting with anyone. Because I personally really like being in class and like having your friends in class. Oh, 1000%. Like, being like, oh, like the lecture said this. That's so funny. And like passing notes to them. We're just being like silly. With uh, your passing friends. notes? How old are you? Five? <laughs> well, we know. We already know that I'm a child. Oh, okay. so. But yeah, it's just like really fun being in class with your friends, right? But just on Zoom. Unless you're like chatting with people, then you're like trying to keep up, right? And every lecture is packed, packed with information, right? So I found that second term when we were online because of the COVID outbreak was like a little harder. I thought first term, like I was just so busy that I didn't really have time to be like lonely or like really struggle. 
And I think also Foundations Block, they did a good job of like starting us off gently. Like we had weekly open book quizzes yeah. rather than a midterm, which was nice and gentle on the, on the soul. And even our final was not super challenging. Like I think it was pretty fair. Um, so it really like built up my confidence, I and guess. I, and I also feel like you're also on that high because this is medical school. Yes, I had that for a long, I still kind of have that sometimes where I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe oh, really? that nice. I'm, okay. I'm here. But yeah, like I would, I think that really helped that like positive mindset of I would kind of keep reminding myself like, oh my gosh, I'm here. Yeah. Like this is what I really wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when we would talk about things like patient-centered care, like mm-hmm. when we would talk about how important it is to have empathy for the patients. Yeah. I just really like that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I would find myself sometimes in lecture, I'm like, wow, I'm really meant to be here, which is so validating. Because it's all those that. things that we, all the activities that we did, all the stuff that we learned about this is it right yeah um I also have to give like a shout out to not really a shout out but I think our uh the leaders of the curriculum for foundations so Mm. foundations is a block in University of Alberta from like uh, when we start in August to the end of November kind of Mm -hmm. um that just kind of gets everyone to the same pace um it just goes over the basics of like antibiotics infectious disease like Mm -hmm. genetics physiology everything really um and then we have our different blocks from there but oh my gosh the the curriculum director they were so awesome they were Mm. so kind they were so like you can tell like well one of them is a physician and the other um is a scientist and they were both so invested in their work and they were Mm. such personable people and they really made it okay for us to ask questions um and they were just so inspiring and they were both people of color too Mm. which really was awesome because you don't see that sometimes Mm -hmm. um, in medicine and so I was really inspired by them and how like they made it a priority for us to be learning and but also for us to be comfortable and everything and and everybody passed foundations in my class wow that's not a single person failed that's awesome it's just a testament to how hard they worked Mm -hmm. and also they revamped the curriculum so we did have more things about patient-centered care Mm -hmm. um and more things about like culturally sensitive care Mm -hmm. a little bit about trauma-informed care all this stuff wasn't in the curriculum before Mm -hmm. so it feels so validating when you're learning things that you know are important that you know are going to help solve a lot of the problems that we're facing in medicine right now Mm -hmm. So that aspect of it was really nice um, in first term. So in terms of academics, I think I felt a little bit comfortable, but yeah, like the content, the volume of content. The volume, I think. I don't think yeah. the volume is necessarily something difficult to grasp. It's just so much. There's just a lot. It's just so much. And you, you're not used to it because undergrad is not like that. No. And it just kind of keeps coming and coming and you have to be on top of it. Yeah. And sometimes some people's study methods aren't like that. Some people just like procrastinate. And then like when the final comes up, they're like studying a lot, but you really, it's hard to do that in medical yeah. school. So like every day you have to be reviewing every week, you have to have your notes. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I agree. Yeah. I'd also like to echo one thing you said, like about the patient-centered care and stuff. Yeah. Cause I think our curriculum also does a great job with that. Um, because like we had actually people come in um, who were, you know, part of the marginalized populations, you know, if, you know, yes, yes. Do you guys have that too? Yeah, we did. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sick. Okay. Yeah. That's another thing why foundation was so cool. Is yeah. Friday, we would have kind of like a guest that was tied to the theme of that week. Yeah, that's so sick. we had this like amazing woman who's like a disability advocate come in mm-hmm. and she told us like things that I would have never yeah. like, thought about before. Like, yeah. She was like, did you know that patients have to pay for their own catheters? 
um, like if you're in a wheelchair. Oh, I didn't know that. Catheter um, for your urine, like uh, some of them are covered by the government, but it's not enough. Like it's not enough for how much a person goes to the bathroom every day. So people with disabilities who are like in wheelchairs and need a catheter are stuck either reusing their catheters, which can cause infections um, and all kinds of bad things. um, Or they have to pay for it out of pocket. Wow. So imagine having to pay every time you go to the bathroom. That would suck. I had no idea, right? Yeah. Because no one talks about that. No one talks about that. And I think it, this also just goes to show that medicine is so much more than just treatment and physiology. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so much more, it's like, you know, insurance and 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 stuff like this as well. Accessibility. Accessibility. Yeah. Like um, you don't think about how, oh, a clinic that's on like the third floor with stairs and no elevator, that's not accessible mm-hmm. to someone who's in a wheelchair. Like just things that we have the privilege of not really thinking about before. Mm-hmm. And it really like opens up your eyes when you have a guest mm-hmm. come in and talk about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, those things I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and I think like speaking, you know, for, for, like, and I, and I think you enjoyed those as well, like, because you just learn so much and it's it's contextualized as well, which I really like. Yeah, yeah so I kind of strayed, but into talking about like the academics, which was pretty great yeah. in uh, first term. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of living in Edmonton, so yeah, it was different. Than it was different. Um, like obviously there's not like as many like wonderful food places and options in, in, in Edmonton as there is in like downtown Vancouver. You know what's not, really not weird? I think because you and I talk a lot on Facebook. Yeah. Eventually, Facebook figured out that we talk. Well, I think it always Facebook's always keeping tabs on us. Mark is out there. He's like, <laughs> Shut up! No, not. No. What do you mean? What do you mean? Yo, listen. Eventually, I started getting recommendations from like Daily Hive Edmonton, being like the top twenty-five food places in Edmonton. <laughs> you yeah, and so I just get these random things and and like. I just started looking at him I'm like, okay, yeah, Edmonton. And I, I, I was messaging you and I'd be like, oh, like, have yeah. you checked this food place out? Yeah. And it's funny yeah. because once a week I would get a new thing from like Daily so Hive Edmonton funny. being like, hey, have you thought about this place? And I'm like, no, I haven't That's because so I don't live in Edmonton, but also <laughs> like in general, I haven't. So, yeah. hey, Tina, have you, you know? But you know what? Like, it's so funny because when I told people in Edmonton that I'm from Vancouver, they're all like, oh my God, you're so lucky that you're from Vancouver because there's so much good food there. I haven't even tried that much. Food we haven't explored Vancouver at all. <laughs> By the time we get to Vancouver, it's like a field trip. Like you have to go there for a specific reason. I feel like if we lived in Vancouver, we'd have tried more food places. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so I'm like, yeah, it's actually not too different because it's not like I was out here in Vancouver like eating food every day. I was like in UBC. I was tired. I was crying. I was two, to two hour commute there, two hour yeah. commute back. I still don't know how you did it. So. Yeah, I was like commuting to UBC. So honestly, in turn, it's not that different. If mm-hmm. you think about like, how yeah. you're not really eating food all the time, right? You're going to school, you're learning. Um, and so I was pretty much just grateful for the opportunity to be there. And so in that sense, I didn't mind too much, like mm-hmm. just being in Edmonton. But I have to echo what you said about the family being away. That was like yeah. tough. Yeah. Especially after COVID, like being yeah. with our family, like 24-7, there was parts of it that I was just like, and all right, just, you guys need to leave and I want to go back and live by myself. It's true. Like right now, even like we're yeah. living at home right now, there's times where we get annoyed. Yeah. Like, oh, I just want to be alone, right? Yeah. But it's so different. It's so different coming home to no one being there. And I yeah. wasn't kind of, I don't think I was ready for that. Or I didn't think about, like, I didn't really think about it at first because at first it's so overwhelming. There's like so much new stuff. So I was yeah. kind of just really busy. Yeah. And I think towards second term, I'm like, it felt very lonely, especially when you're like online school. Mm-hmm. Like you don't talk to anyone mm-hmm. throughout the day. Oh, it's so funny. Whenever I get to DL, like my voice 
it'll be the first time I'm talking that day. It'd be like, so, ah, <laughs> be like so scratchy. Yeah. Loneliness was something we had to like yeah. learn. And then I think um, it took a while for me to like get close to my friends in Edmonton, right? Because like as wonderful as someone is, like if you don't know them very much or mm -hmm. you haven't been able to like spend a lot of time with them, mm -hmm. um, it's hard to like be close with them, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the more time that I spent with my friends as time went on and as we were able to go back in person, um, I think that helped with the loneliness too because, you know, we would go out for food and then like, you know, when you go out for food with your friends and you come home, then you feel good. Mm -hmm. right you don't feel like you're coming home to an empty house because you just were hanging out with people so mm -hmm. kind of like recharges your social batteries mm -hmm. uh, even if you're an introvert introverts need friends too you know? i agree <laughs> i agree yeah so i think that helped with the loneliness but it did get pretty bad for a while i would say especially when we were like online around february around february yeah, yeah right because it's like school's hard and, like life seems hard and your family's in there to support you and like oh even like i have so many friends in vancouver that i would normally see and like hang out with yeah. and I wasn't able to do that or like I wasn't able to see you either um yeah so that was challenging and like we were both in like long distance relationships too and like navigating that is challenging like making time for your partner um and then making time for you and like conversation around that is is hard and like not being able to celebrate holidays together like finding fun ways to like do it on zoom yeah so I would say it was challenging but I mean, we got through it, right? Yeah. 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 And I think looking back was a good experience. <laughs> Just like a relationship, right? Just like a relationship. Just like a relationship. Bringing it back full circle. I like that. It's like the concluding sentence of our thesis. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, I think I picked up like fun habits that I didn't have. I started working out. Yes, you did. I never did before. But yeah, like, I think it really was out of boredom but also about the need to kind of get those happy chemicals going. <laughs> and then one other thing I actually enjoyed was uh, grocery shopping. Yo, there is <laughs> something therapeutic about going to Costco and yeah. like just exploring the aisles and being like, you know what? That looks really good. I'm going to try that. I don't know about you, but I would take so long grocery shopping. Oh, 1,000% lose myself oh yeah in it was actually therapeutic yeah. i don't know why i i would go into costco and buy like two things but i would still spend an hour yeah. inside it's and i'd be like so it is what fun, it is like looking at your options <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, like oh, what kind of oat milk do i want this week this sounds know? like this sounds like grocery tinder <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. swipe left left you know what oh this oat milk looks really yeah. good swipe right on that oh just the satisfaction of like having a recipe in mind yeah and going and buying the ingredients oh yeah specifically that you want for that and then making it yeah that's really nice and then when you have and then you have a good meal yes like for, for the week I think a reason why second term was a little harder for me is I stopped doing that and mm. I kind of just made a lot of pasta and things like because I just felt very burnt out like just yeah. by the amount of work that we had to do and like our exams were becoming more and more frequent I mm -hmm. stopped doing that kind of like self-care stuff of making good meals yeah and that that really comes and bites you in the ass <laughs> like yeah. you're like super burnt out too right because you think you're like oh I don't have time so therefore I shouldn't work out right now. I shouldn't like spend a lot of time grocery shopping, but then that just makes you more unproductive when you're actually trying to work, right? Yeah. I think there's always some like good protective factors that everyone should have yeah. to, you know, maintain that sanity. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, making your bed, doing my skincare. Yeah. Um, and then just things that make you feel yeah. like a person. Yeah. Right? And I think and it's not really just important. a robot. Yeah. And even that like 45 minutes of, 
working out, I think will pay its dividends in the long run because you'll be in such a better headspace to do those activities and to study compared to when you first started. And so I think one goal that we should both have for ourselves is not to give up on those protective activities, protective factors that we should, you know, we should always do. I think I want to make a list of recipes that I want to try. I I want to find them right now. So then you don't, because one thing that would discourage me is I'm like, oh, I want to make something. I don't know what to make. And then you're like, spend like two hours. You know what we should do? We should like make like a date night for ourselves. Like once a month, just like cook something different over Zoom or something. Right? Yeah. That'd be sick. Yeah. Maybe we can record it too. So yeah, those are some of the good like self-care things I did. I think grocery shopping, working out, um, also like, you know, um, video chatting with friends and family. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to add baking to the list or cooking in general, (laughs) apparently podcasting and baking some new ones for next year. Uh, One thing too, that was challenging, I think is like the burnout aspect of it was more so like towards the end of the year that became a big challenge for me because so UBC does aspire curriculum. It does have a different uh, topic every week, right? Yes. Like one week is like infectious disease, yep. another week can be something else, mm-hmm. right? We have blocks. So we did uh, in Alberta, we have blocks. So we did foundations until November. Then we did endocrinology. What is foundations? I think I, I mentioned, right? So it's like it kind of caught us off to the same speed, like okay. everyone in class. So we did a bit of physiology, infectious disease, antibiotics um like virology microbiology things like that mm-hmm. so we just kind of and like a bunch of the physiology of the main organs and stuff and blood and hematology so it's just a hodgepodge of things that you should know before hodgepodge yeah. that's a word yeah that's a that word <laughs> wow I grew up in Canada. I hodgepodge that. that's a word yeah um, i have then, never heard you use that <laughs> word <laughs> let's talk about that for a second hodgepodge that's a fun word to say it is very fun right hodgepodge Melting pot. Hodgepodge. No, hodgepodge was very fun to say. Okay. Um, so then, yeah, after foundations, we did endocrinology until January. Okay. And then we did cardio. Just a hodgepodge of hormones, hey? <laughs> <laughs> Endo- yeah. yeah, right? And it was fun, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, and then we did cardiology, which was rough. Mm-hmm. And then we did, and then it got fast, is what happened. Because cardiology, mm. so foundations was so long. It was like, mm-hmm. August to November. Because there's just so a hodgepodge of things involved, right? Yeah. Um, and then endocrinology was like six or seven weeks, mm-hmm. relatively long, I guess. And then cardiology was six weeks. And then it started getting fast. So then we had respirology or like pulmonology, whatever you want to call it. That was four weeks. Oh, and then yikes. we had renal, which was four weeks. So when you have like only a month to learn the entire block and then you're what like the midterms at the two week mark and then the final is at the four week mark and so doing that in like the pulmonary block and then the mm-hmm. renal block that mm-hmm. uh, following cardiology which was a bad time uh was challenging and like it really made you feel burnt out like really quick it's just like it just uh you know, that's that, like back to back to back to back the smash mouth <laughs> right it's like um it's that shrek song it's like the years keep coming and they don't stop coming yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no tina you had if you quote shrek i'll know every single song <laughs> let's be real but it's the rock star right? like yeah hey, hey now, now you're a rock star, star. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 but it's like yeah the content just starts coming and it doesn't stop coming and it is it makes you feel like it's just never gonna <laughs> yeah i can relate to that so i think that was 
challenging towards the end mm-hmm. because at that point I think I figured out like how to study um I'd like kind of figured out my social situation mm-hmm. I was kind of like less lonely but it's just so much work that you kind of just don't have time for anything and you get tired and you look forward to summer um so that's where I was like towards the end I think yeah. maybe in retrospect it would have been good to do more self-care stuff obviously right but you always tell yourself that in retrospect you're like oh I should have taken better care of myself yeah um but I think that's that's just what happened right yeah. that's just that's why it was challenging yeah um so it's funny how each stage of my kind of experience had different challenges that you deal with that's that's another thing that makes you feel tired isn't it because like once you conquer one thing another one another. <laughs> well I think that also goes back to what we were talking about before like just trying to be happy in the moment right and like just it's so like hard. it's it's not trying to pursue happiness rather yes that's another thing our office of advocacy and well-being had a, like a whole like hour-long workshop on they were like you can't just tell yourself that you're going to be happy next block yeah. next year when you do residency when you finish residency when you're in attending because you're it's, there's always going to be something else yeah. you're never going to be able to reach that part and be like oh i made it because mm-hmm. you know what i think before we were like oh when we get to med school though then we're going to be chilling yes. then we'll be happy you said so many times you're like you know once i'm in med school i'll be chilling chilling bro chillin'. don't even stress that did not happen no <laughs> i think i was on like a high for like two months and then all those same problems yeah kind of came back yeah and if anything they came back a lot worse yeah but so the lesson of that is to appreciate where you are in time yeah. when you're there, yeah. despite how challenging it must be. Mm-hmm. But we had our supports, right? So, we, yeah. Yeah, you talked about like um, seeing a psychologist. I uh, also saw a therapist too, and I think she was so cool. Like you she was told one me of my about her. People you told me about it. Yeah, um, because we had like the six free sessions of therapy yes. too, which I would recommend everybody to use if you have like the free sessions there. Why not, right? As a med student, yeah. Yeah, I think one thing I learned from like therapy is to just be, to just love yourself intrinsically, which is funny because it's like, you would think that you would naturally like love yourself, but she gave me homework to like write six reasons why. You told me about yeah, that. Yeah, And I, I, I did that, yeah. And after that, and then I think one of them, was it was just like oh well like you know I should because I'm me and I should like it was just a very like basic reason and she was like exactly this she was like no one is better at being Tina Madani here than you are and that just like changed my world I was like holy shit you're right like I love myself despite everything else Mm -hmm. and when you have that kind of like confidence or like love for yourself even if you get a bad grade that doesn't matter because that doesn't have anything to do with it because intrinsically you love yourself because you are yourself and you're here like we are here because we're here kind of idea right like intrinsically like I'm no valuable. i think despite I think, what i can contribute to medicine or anything really and that was really helpful in in times where you feel like you're not contributing very much or you're not very smart or you're not going to get very good grades so what's our main takeaway from this episode I think the biggest thing is, again, you know, we're all going to inevitably fail, but having those... It's so funny how we always get back to that point, huh? On this Failing Upwards Forever podcast. Yeah. We're going to receive bad feedback. We're going to fail. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things incorrectly, but it's always important that when you do inevitably fail, to keep those protective factors with you, to keep your those... Your intrinsic self-worth, yeah. your self-care yeah. habits, and your friends and family and your support system. Yeah. Because those are the people that you can like, you know, count on. Um, reach out for support if you need it. 
Um, there's no shame in asking for help. I think it's actually quite a strength mm -hmm. and to, to, to be able to ask for help, to be vulnerable. I think it's a real privilege to be able to do that with someone else. Um, and, and, and at the end of the day, you'll pass because that's what happened with us. In, in, in med school specifically, yes, but also just in life. Things, things, that you're going through, things will get better. And maybe you'll do a podcast. And talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's it. For yeah. Our second episode. Thanks everyone for listening. Yeah. Uh, we have an Instagram now. So you can we do follow, have an Instagram. Follow or find us at failing upwards forever on Instagram. We also have our, our email failing upwards forever pod at gmail.com. Finally got that right. <laughs> Yes, I failed upwards. And yes, I right. yes. Uh, we are actually I think we now... should make less reference. <laughs> <laughs> I think people don't know. We're yeah. podcasting really into ingrained it into mm. their brains. Uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Apparently we're on Amazon as well. We're on Amazon and we're in the process of being on Google Podcasts. I don't know who listens to Google Podcasts or Amazon Podcasts, but we're up there. Cool. Oh, and our website. Apparently Pakistan doesn't allow for Spotify. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. And so, so your family will have to listen to and it. yeah, Google's <laughs> the only way to um to listen to podcasts. Or through our website. So or our through our website, website. Our podcast is on our website and our website is failingupwardsforever.podbean.com. Um so yeah, if you want to reach out to us, you can email us and you want to give us a five-star rating on, on Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> we appreciate it. Um and yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs>